The Murder Shelf Book Club contains disturbing content relating to real-life crimes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Murder Shelf Bookies. We're here coming to you live from Panera Bread, uh, right after one of our true crime book club meetings. We just wanted to give you a little Golden State Killer update. It was just revealed this week that the Auburn Police Department has uncovered 1,600 police reports written by then-police officer Joseph D'Angelo between 1976 and 1979. 1,600. D'Angelo, of course, is alleged to be the Golden State Killer who committed up to 50 rapes as the East Area Rapist during this period and 13 murders as the original Night Stalker. Oh, come on. He did it. We know he did it. (laughs) He totally did it. He totally did it. (laughs) CBS 13 in Sacramento reported that D'Angelo was on duty before and after at least one of his alleged attacks. (sighs) So Saturday, October 1st, 1977, at 1.30 in the morning, Victor Hayes and his girlfriend were attacked by ear in his Rancho Cordova home. Victor was tied up, his girlfriend tied up and raped, and then both were just terrorized, as is his M.O. According to the recovered police reports, D'Angelo was working the previous Friday, writing an arrest report at 3.45 p.m. The day of the attack, he wrote a petty theft report at 4.30 p.m., his reports are written neatly using small circles to dot the letter I. Oh, isn't that just adorable? You put little yeah. circles above the eyes. <laughs> so it's just so cute. <laughs> I don't even write. He suspects that D'Angelo may have been working during some of the attacks as he was a smart guy and would know how to work the system. Hey, if you're out on the beat, why not? It's our theory that this could be the reason why he removed his pants during some of the attacks. Easy to throw a jacket on over your police shirt, but another pair of pants over a pair of pants might make it difficult to take them off later on. So why not just walk around without those things on? No restrictions. And also, who would question a police car parked in the neighborhood? Well, who would question a police officer prowling around the neighborhood, looking through backyards? Did he do that while he was on duty? Yeah, I mean, honestly, when this stuff's going on, you would think that a police car in the general vicinity would be a good thing. Exactly. You think someone's out there protecting you, and he's picking out his next victim. Exactly. And one victim, as we recall from the book, uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, one victim did say that they thought they heard a police radio outside at the time of their attack. <sighs> so it looks like someone just might have forgotten their hit kit that day, or the opportunity just presented itself. <sighs> And unfortunately, though, no time cards exist for D'Angelo at this point in time, or at least we haven't found them yet. There is no way to know if he was on duty during the East Area Rapist attacks. <sighs> Back in the 70s, many police departments did work shift work. The 3 p.m. to 11 p.m., 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., 7 a.m. back to 3 p.m. shifts. And I've had law enforcement in my family since the 70s, so I've actually lived with men who have worked this schedule. Listen, communication was always difficult. The radio cars always worked, but departments didn't always have the most viable walkie-talkies. Not until the late 80s, even into the 90s. And you'd go on patrol, sometimes without a partner, 
you'd get out of the car and you would be all on your own. So nobody is watching you. Right. Exactly. So someone like D'Angelo, that's going to give him a lot of freedom. And again, a lot of them didn't have partners. I doubt that they use cell phones or anything like that today, but I'm sure that there is no chest cams or dash cams no. oh, or no. anything like that <laughs> watching anybody. So you're you're free to go off and wander about, do whatever you like, I guess. You're supposed to be doing law enforcement. We know he may not have been. Okay, so in addition, D'Angelo was back in court on January 22nd, 2020, facing Judge Stephen White, and junk food Joey was looking pretty thin <laughs> as he was brought into the courtroom. Nobody wanted to give him any Cheetos. (laughs) No Cheetos for Joey. We doubt he's getting any special favors from anyone in prison. Even hardened criminals detest his kind. Sure. His defense team did request a long delay as they dig into the mountainous evidence amassed so far. But the prosecution reminded the judge that it was the defendant who engaged in a decades-long crime spree, causing mass carnage, delayed justice for 40 years, and that people are not going to live forever referring to the age of some of the witnesses. So Judge White commented that there is no case too big to go for a trial, and he set a preliminary hearing date for May 12, 2020. So mark your calendars, May 12, 2020. And we will be updating what's going on on May 12, 2020. So that sums up our minicast. Murder bookies, trust that gut. Toodaloo!